building a loyal audience means establishing trust. And then when that trust exists, you can launch any product. So rather than being the creator and spending your time working on something that may or may not work, as, a, uh, as an audience guy, as somebody with an audience, you can launch other products. You can launch other people's companies, see what sticks, what doesn't. And that way, when you go all in on something, you know it's something that not only your audience resonates with, but that is a very, very high quality product. You need to understand that the value that you have is that if you have a even $20 or $50 offer for your audience from day one, instead of waiting and begging for YouTube's $3 CPMs, you can go ahead and every single time you get a thousand views, you could be closing three or five sales on a thousand views. That's not even 1%. And if you did that, Every one of those 1,000 views is worth almost 100 bucks for you right then and there. Welcome to Creator Debates, where we have stupid arguments to help creators make smart decisions. My name is Justin Moore. I'm the founder of Creator Wizard. I'm your host and referee. Today, we're talking about whether creators should build a product first or an audience. See, I come from the OG YouTube world. When we started in 2009, there was literally no way to make money. There was no AdSense partner program. And so by default, growing an audience was what everyone focused on. But things have changed dramatically over the last decade. It's no longer as stigmatized to sell stuff way earlier in your creator journey, like digital products and coaching and courses and more. In fact, a lot of creators wanna jump straight to making money before they have much of an audience to speak of. But is that a mistake? Do they need to put the reps in first and establish a years long connection with an audience before they deserve to sell products? I'm honestly not sure, which is why I asked two experts here today to settle this debate once and for all. Alex Berman is the founder of Omni.us, a YouTuber and the author of Cold Email Manifesto, which helps you learn how to contact anyone, make more sales, and take your company to the next level. Roberto Blake, on the other hand, is a creative entrepreneur, YouTube certified educator, keynote speaker, and content creator with over 600,000 subscribers. He's also the author of Create Something Awesome, which explains how creators are profiting from their passion in the creator economy. So by the end of this episode, you'll know if certain types of creators are better suited to focus on product versus audience growth, whether building an audience or product first will make you more money in the long run. And honestly, the only thing I really care about, who is a better creator debater, Alex or Roberto? So let's get into opening arguments. Alex, you tweeted, and I quote, anyone can build a product, almost nobody has built a monetizable audience. Explain why you think audience growth is higher leverage. You have two minutes. It comes down to supply and demand. If you think about it at a basic level, how many people have jobs as coders versus how many people have jobs as influencers? I would argue that there are 100,000 times, maybe a thousand times more, maybe 10,000 times more people that are coders uh, or designers than our creators. So just from a, just from that standpoint, it's higher leverage and worth more to be somebody who has the audience versus someone that's creating the product. Building a loyal audience means establishing trust. And then when that trust exists, you can launch any product. So rather than being the creator and spending your time working on something that may or may not work as a, uh, as an audience guy, as somebody with an audience, you can launch other products. You can launch other people's companies, see what sticks, what doesn't. And that way, when you go all in on something, you know, it's something that not only your audience resonates with, but that is a very, very high quality product. So anytime you can get into that, uh, in, into that place where you're the selector, you're going to be able to make a lot more money. 
Uh, our last one that we sold was Tweet Hunter Taplio. And that was built exclusively through influencer marketing. The Tweet Hunter team did really well with their Twitter guys. Uh, we did really well pulling in LinkedIn influencers. And I would argue that as the influencer on there, we were able to sell so much more by tying our name to it than the indie makers would have been able to sell without us in there. Gotcha. You know, I'm not sure I've ever heard the term linked influencer. Learn something new every day. Roberto, it's your turn. Give me your pitch. Isn't building a product, even if it's great, without audience or customer distribution, a recipe for failure? Two minutes. Not at all. Number one, I've actually come from the OG world of web hosting, where people before you had all these wonderful free content platforms and all this, you know, democratized access, people actually had to pay for their web hosting, pay for their internet bandwidth, and pay for their servers, and they were building online businesses. This is as early as the late 90s and the early 2000s of web hosting when I worked in the industry right after, um, you know, going to college. And here's the thing about all of this. The, even though, quote unquote, you have more coders in the world, which is literally 1% of all humans on earth, the majority of them actually don't have their own product and are not necessarily building products. They're grunts working for an employer just like I was as a coder. Now, with that in mind, you want to talk about content creation and, hey, the few people that have built and grown monetizable audiences, the majority of people who make content actually don't have monetizable audiences. They merely have audiences, and most creators don't actually make a full-time living, and it's largely because they're reliant on advertisers which come and go. There are even platform advertiser boycotts. That's if they qualify for monetization. Less than 3% to 6% of all YouTubers, now that they've expanded monetization, even with them lowering the requirements, less than 6% of all YouTubers on the entire platform even qualify for AdSense monetization. They are broke. They're struggling. They're not even making minimum wage even. Same thing for streamers on Twitch. Less than 5% of all streamers on Twitch make minimum wage. So why is that? Because they rely on advertising, they rely on donations, and they rely on sponsorship. They don't have true control. They don't own any aspect of their business. They don't own the email list. They don't own the customer database. And they don't own the true relationship with that audience. As for the level of difficulty into two things, making a qualified product that people will spend money on is harder than growing an audience. Growing an audience costs the consumer $0. It costs them their attention. There's no barrier to entry. It's so simple that a child can do it. You don't believe me? Go to TikTok. Building a viable product, whole another story. And you can, in fact, do it without having the audience first. All right. Well, very interesting. And now it's time to get into round one, which is all about starting at zero. So, Roberto, let's assume that I'm a creator, okay, who has no audience to speak of, and I have an idea for a product or a service that I want to monetize. Do you really think it's wise to go into a hole for a year and build that in a vacuum? I mean, isn't there a risk that you'll emerge and say, ta-da, right, and here, here's my product, and it's just gonna be crickets? Two minutes. You sell to somebody else's existing, proven, verified audience that is not being served by that person, meaning you qualify the market already. Because again, I understand the idea of, oh, hey, I don't have an audience, I don't know what people want. Here's the thing, you can look at someone else's audience, you have a proven market cap now. You find someone that has an audience of 2 million, 10 million subscribers. You find a need that's not being serviced within them because you have all the market research you could possibly need. You have the focus group already. You have the ability to outreach. You could find a cabal of influencers and their collective audiences 
find gaps in the services and things that those people have a demand with, products they're unsatisfied with, products that those creators have already reviewed negatively. Now all your opposition research is done, your market cap has been qualified, and even the people that you need are right there. And then when you want to, without having your own audience, you could leverage influencer, advertise, uh, influencer marketing directly, but you could also go ahead and you could run ads against those influencers in YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram that already have your desired audience. You need not build it on your own. And if you want the proof is in the pudding, I can name you two companies that did it and then built their audience later to have that loyalty. And those two companies were TubeBuddy and vidIQ. Both of those are eight-figure-a-year run rate companies that each would have a valuation of nine figures, which is why TubeBuddy was acquired by Ben Labs, owned by Microsoft, one of the only things Bill Gates owns outright himself. And vidIQ, if it were up for sale today, would get a nine-figure valuation, absolutely. And so we all know this. So it's already been proven. None of what I said is theoretical. You absolutely can build a great product by already tapping into an existing audience that's already been proven. All the work's been done for you. Alex, very interesting. Your turn. Let's say that I take the opposite approach, okay? I'm great at building an audience and I know how to craft the best content hooks, right? Isn't there risk to the other extreme where you're spending all your time studying the algorithms that you lose sight of, let's say, more scalable ways to make money, like building a product? Two minutes. You have to look at the the timelines. So you're talking about building vidIQ. You're talking about building these large businesses. Compare that to an influencer-driven business, which could launch and make money right away. Like I could do a YouTube video right now with a Squarespace affiliate link and make hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars on one video right away, and then fuel that, uh, you know, to to drive things further. Uh, I can also use my audience leverage to get better deals on all these other products. Uh, when we started Taplio, I was able to partner with them and get a large equity stake in their business for zero dollars down just because they were in the position that, that Roberto just talked about. They needed influencers to launch the business. So now they have spent a year building the greatest product. They have spent you know all this time validating and getting all the market feedback, doing all the hard work. And all I have to do as an audience guy is use my audience. And then I am not just stuck with this product at the end of the day. I can do the same thing next week or next month or tomorrow, just launching product after product after product. And then while vidIQ or some of these other businesses have all of their equity tied up in the business itself, what I'm making each time I launch a product is actual cash. I have the opportunity to not just gather cash, but even gather, uh, gather stock in these companies. And I end up in a much better position. Look at Logan Paul with Prime or Mr. Beast with Feastables. He's launching these, these products. Uh, Mr. Beast could have partnered with Hershey's and gotten maybe a few million dollars, but by launching his own chocolate company, he's getting a few billion. And like I said, anyone could launch a product company. Not many people could be Mr. Beast. Would you rather be Mr. Beast in this scenario or would you rather be the thousands or two, uh, multiple thousands of people that could make chocolate in the world? I'd rather be vidIQ and sell my business <laughs> and exit and not have to worry about being canceled every time I do charity. Well, you know, to that point, actually, Alex, um, you know, Mr. Beast has put his name on other things that didn't work out so great, like Beast Burger, right? There, he's in the middle of lawsuits right now. So perhaps there is also 
a kind of an existential risk with uh, this this portfolio of company approach where you kind of leverage your influence because it could go awry sometimes. But let's shelve that conversation. Well, just a just a quick one on that. Would you rather be Mr. Beast or would you rather be the other guys that own Mr. Beast Burger? Yeah, yeah. Roberto. All right. So what if I said a rebuttal directly to that? Mr. Beast is in himself an anomaly. Mr. Beast is an anomaly. He'll never come again. You can't be Mr. Beast, so it's not even relevant to the conversation. It's quite literally impossible. It'd be like being Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. They run loss leader businesses, high risk, high reward. So that's even a non-starter in terms of a conversation. The risk and liability of being a Mr. Beast and what he did to build an audience, he talks about himself. He almost went bankrupt several times to build and grow that audience. And the more realistic reality when it comes to content creators trying to build and monetize their business as an influencer is that the overwhelming majority of them fail. Less than um, less than 10%, it's much severe than this, less than 10% of creators ever break 10,000 subscribers in the first place on YouTube alone. 90% of all YouTube traffic goes to the top 3% of channels. 90% of Twitch traffic goes to the top 1% of streamers. 96% of streamers stream to an audience of less than 30 people when they go live on Twitch. The ability to build an audience is, as you pointed out, extremely rare. Do you know what else is really rare? Most creators having the business mentality and acumen to not only effectively build that audience, but then to go to the product side even after the fact and even negotiate well with brand deals. Even top creators that went with the FTX scam ended up embarrassing themselves and destroying their reputations um, trying to go the brand deal side versus selling their own product and guaranteeing the quality of that product. All right, gentlemen, back to your corners, back to your corners. It's getting a little hot in here, and uh, I'm liking it, but uh, congratulations. That is the end of round one. Let's move on to round two, and we're going to be talking about lifetime value, okay? One problem that I think a lot of creators uh, have is that they're very, they're just very short-sighted, right? They get excited about these kind of one-off paydays with a brand deal or maybe dropping merch or something, but there's no long-term plan. So, Alex, having an audience is great, right? But by definition, they're following you not the brand or the products that you create. So let's say that you wanna exit the business one day. It's gonna be really difficult, right? Since your name and likeness is so intertwined. So wouldn't it make sense to focus on your product strategy first so you maximize the lifetime value? It comes down to the type of business you create. People are using Taplio post-acquisition. They want to create LinkedIn posts with AI, sure. Yeah, my voice and my face is still in the app as training but it didn't matter when the check came at the end of the day. Uh, similar for, for other creators. You know, I would argue, you said uh, Mr. Beast is an anomaly. We'll pick another one, Logan Paul with Prime. Uh, after Logan Paul sells Prime, it's still gonna taste better than Gatorade at the end of the day. So it really comes down to, is the product you're creating superior or is it worse quality? You know, I've had SaaSes that are worse quality than the competitors out there. And my audience, if I leverage and I push them to it, yeah, sure, we can boost sales for a month or two. But then, like you're saying, they will, crash down. But if a product is high quality and it's promoted with the higher reach of an audience, then it can do 10x better, 100x better than it would without those influencers on board, even after acquisition. So Roberta, let's pull that prime thread for a second here that Alex says, right? They're, they really are giving the incumbents like Gatorade a run for their money and they've basically only been around for a year, right? There's no way that that happens without building a massive audience first, like uh, like Alex said. So you know, Logan Paul and KSI, they're probably gonna sell that company for a billion plus in the next five years, right? You really think you can get those kind of financial outcomes by building the product first? Two minutes. So here's the thing. 
building a product first doesn't say we're not going to ever build the audience, number one. Me and Alex agree that audiences and having that direct connection to your audience can scale. Having something where you're the face of the brand can scale. However, influencer marketing, I think we all agree, scales better because it's diversifying the number of advocates that you have. It's also distributing those risks. The problem that you have in a situation like Prime is that Logan Paul right now is the subject of multiple scandals and everything like that. He's fighting multiple wars on multiple fronts, and he's right now, frankly, losing all of them. Let's be very real about that. And so when you look at that, not necessarily the best example. The good thing that carries Prime is that KSI, JJ Allegenti, is killing it, and he's retaining his reputation and being relatively scandal-free. So you're balancing that out. Then also, again, it's about a risk mitigation strategy. When you build the audience, you ultimately do have the problem of your perception to the public and whether or not you're being perceived in a good light. Logan Paul lost multiple seven-figure deals during his scandal in um, late 2017, uh, sorry, um, yeah, late 2017, um, early uh, 2018 with his visit to Japan that was controversial for multiple reasons. There is a liability to that in any influencer business. However, a good product that is to some degree, yes, having an audience, but separated from an individual influencer carrying the weight and reputation of the business mitigates and distributes the risk, is less vulnerable to cancel culture, and ultimately has longevity regardless of who the face of the company is. If you even look at platforms themselves, you know what? Under the leadership of Susan Wojcicki, we had a great run with YouTube. Neil Mohan's going to usher in the new golden era. Why? Because YouTube's the greatest product of all time in the creator economy. That's why. Ultimately, you do have issues sometimes where people become so intrinsic to the relationship with the audience to the brand that that becomes a liability and they can hold the brand for ransom or they could destroy the brand either by their presence or their absence. That's a liability. Product first mentality. Well, Alex, I'm sure you want to chime in on that one. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by ConvertKit and their creator network. If you're struggling to find time to grow your email list, I've got some super exciting news to share that'll level up your newsletter. ConvertKit just launched the creator network so creators like us can partner with each other to grow our newsletter subscribers. Imagine recommending awesome creators to your new subscribers and in return, having them recommend you to their engaged audience. It's a game-changing win-win scenario. What makes the creator network so special? Well, it simplifies list growth for busy creators. In less than 10 minutes, you'll be able to join, find similar creator newsletters, and begin swapping recommendations. You'll be amazed by how your email subscribers grow on autopilot. I joined not too long ago, and I've gained almost a thousand additional subscribers without doing anything. <laughs> Pretty dope, right? So you can join the creator network today by clicking the link below or visiting creatornetwork.com. That's creatornetwork.com. All right, Alex, uh, a spicy take from Roberto here. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here on the, the reputational risk that come with having an audience, you know, talking about products? Uh, what are your thoughts there? Certain products outlive their, their audiences uh, and their influencers. And I think you just have to look at one of the most controversial influencers of all time who got more canceled than Kanye West. And yet, if you look at aftermarket sales for Yeezys right now, they're still selling for $600 a pair. You know, his streams are still through the roof. So if you look at an influencer that has given a lot to a business and then gotten canceled and seen sales take no impact, the only reason Yeezy sales are down as much as they are 
is because Adidas and Yeezy had to uh, stop making the shoes. That's that's it. Nobody's um, so it's similar with Logan Paul. If he gets fully canceled, which like you said, he's in multiple scandals right now, not just uh, scandals in the past, but scandals right now. And Prime is not just uh, coasting. It's doing better than ever. So I would argue that the individual influencer post-launch, if the product is good enough, does not need uh, a strong reputation at all. Interesting. Well, that is the end of round two. So let's get into round three, which is the Uno reverse, where you have to argue each other's positions. So Roberto, give me your most passionate argument for why you'd be insane to develop a product these days without first growing an audience. Two minutes. By building the audience, you have the direct trust and you have the direct loyalty and impact of that audience. If you've done it correctly and you've done it with care, you also know those people more passionately, more directly than anybody else. And you have the direct feedback loop. You also have the advantage to where if you want to do something wildly unscalable, you can do one-on-one -on -one direct sales. You can do hand-to-hand -hand combat going in and getting every single one of your leads that you really feel is strong and then personally giving them that touch to close and seal the deal rather than doing what most creators do. They try to build it into passive cash flow instead of being willing to be that salesperson on the floor, really caring, really nurturing those leads and turning those casual viewers into diehard customers and super fans. In fact, super fans on my bookshelf written by our good friend, Pat Flynn, is one of the best examples of building a truly loyal tribe and following, showing that you care about them more than anybody else and ultimately sealing the deal. And also, it's great when you want to do brand deals, the thing you specialize in, Justin, when you can prove to brands that your audience will directly buy from you and that you have customers and you have sales, it makes you much more valuable to brands. It also gives you the leverage to um, garner JV partnerships and super affiliate commissions beyond the regular and norm. Because if you can't sell to your audience and get them to buy from you, how the hell are you going to have the authority, reputation, and trust and credibility to sell on somebody else's behalf when you can't even convince people to buy from you and you're the person they like? So it is incredibly powerful and incredibly useful to be able to have that audience, have that loyalty, have people rooting for you, have people that you delivered for, and have them reward that with a product that you've built and crafted with care for them and that you've brought them along on the journey and nurtured them and got them super excited, super passionate about, built those loyal uh, super fans. And again, this is what happens when Roberto can argue any position because he's a creator debater. <laughs> Pretty compelling. Well, Alex, uh, pretend that you are super introverted, right? The idea of getting in front of a camera or microphone or writing on the inter internet terrifies you, but you've got a genius product idea. Tell me how you're going to get the world to care in two minutes. If you've got a genius product idea, you're going to have to get out to customers in some way, whether it is writing and recording ads to promote them or cold emailing businesses like we talk about in my book cold email manifesto or by partnering with other creators like roberto brought up earlier so you are still going to need to talk to customers either way there's no world where you create a product and then magically it grows you're at least gonna have to tell 10 20 30 people about it before the the spark hits um if you had to be a product guy and you were only product a product person then you, then the best strategy you could take is partnering with influencers that have the audience. You need to get 100,000 eyeballs on it. You need to get 200,000 eyeballs on it. So by reaching out to these people that already have the established products, you can be the other side. You can be one of the thousand people that could have made Prime and only one did, only one got that contract and that could be you. 
Super interesting. Well, Alex, Roberto, it's time to make your final appeal. On the other end of your camera, on the other end of your microphone is a creator who is relying on you to make this tough decision. Convince them why building an audience or product first makes the most sense. So Alex, you're up first, you have one minute. When I first started on YouTube, some of the initial videos that we did were agency teardowns, where I would look at an agency's website and just go through areas that they were missing uh, in their lead generation process. Similar to what you do for a consulting client I was just doing on YouTube. Then I would email it to those clients and I would either get them as a client or somebody would see the video and they would start signing us. This allowed us to monetize audience uh, from the very beginning of our creation. Uh, I said somewhere that we made over $10,000 before we even had a thousand subscribers on our channel with content like that. So that's the hybrid model that I would take. As long as the content that you're creating has something to do with the product, you can build both of these at the same time. A lot of people call it build in public. Just don't get stuck in the build in public trap of not quitting your product if it's not hitting. As long as you're willing to work on your audience, work on your problem, and build a product at the same time, you're gonna be okay. Roberto, you're up. If you're gonna be a solo content creator, there's no reason to be a solo content creator and also be a starving content creator. You don't need to be a struggling working class creator forever, praying that the YouTube algorithm fares you, praying that these advertisers and sponsors believe in you, praying that you don't get demonetized. That is unnecessary. You can be intentional from day one instead of winging it. Build an intentional audience, yes, but you can have a product from day zero and you can build the audience with the intention of that audience loving the product that you're building. So you're moving with intention to begin with because you have an offer from day one. If you start with the offer and the value that you offer beyond your content yourself, if you like this content, you will love our product. If you start intentionally from day zero with the offer, then by building the audience, you're building and generating and cultivating those leads. And then you have a higher probability of closing those sales and you're monetized from day zero instead of doing the typical thing and struggle bussing to maybe be one of the 6% at best of people who get monetized on YouTube. The overwhelming majority of people who make less than minimum wage on Twitch, more than 90% of them struggle bussing would be better off bagging groceries at Kroger. You need to understand that the value that you have is that if you have a even $20 or $50 offer for your audience from day one, instead of waiting and begging for YouTube's $3 CPMs, you can go ahead and every single time you get a thousand views, you could be closing three or five sales on a thousand views. That's not even 1%. And if you did that, every one of those 1000 views is worth almost a hundred bucks for you right then and there. You're not going to be sitting there waiting to get your first hundred dollar check from YouTube 18 months after sunk cost and after literally zero compensation labor for literally 60 bloody weeks. That is ridiculous. You don't need to have the sunk cost fallacy. You can go profitable from day zero on YouTube or other platforms. If you have a product first and build an audience that's gonna love it. Well, thank you so much, Roberto and Alex. And now you, dear creator, watching and or listening, who won this creator debate? You can vote by clicking the link in the episode description or letting us know on social media by tagging at Creator Debates, tag Alex and tag Roberto. And so Roberto, hit us with the call to action. Where can people learn more and uh, follow you on social media? 
They can find me on all socials at Roberto Blake, and they can, of course, visit me for my products at www.awesomecreatoracademy.com. Why I love following you, Roberto, you know, um, both of us uh, have products and services around the topic of brand deals, right? Um, and so technically, maybe we could be considered competitors, but every single time that I make a post about my courses or my coaching, you are the one of the first people to retweet me and to spread the word about my content to other creators. And that is just such a perfect example of your abundance mindset when it comes to the creator economy. And I'm so thankful for your kindness and your friendship, man. Absolutely. Same to you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. And Alex, hit us with the CTA. Best place to find my videos is youtube.com slash Alex Berman. Probably the best, most valuable stuff is out there uh, from what I create. And then if you really want uh, my courses, just click the description in any of those videos. We're promoting that over there. Thanks for having me. This was really cool. Absolutely. Well, why I love following you, Alex, um, you know, whether again, it's your YouTube videos or your book, you break things down uh, that seem so complicated <laughs> into steps that are super easy to digest. Right. And I think everyone gets so enamored by this idea of making money on the Internet. But for someone starting out, it's it's pretty overwhelming. Right. And in your book, you basically say, swallow your pride. If you learn how to do cold outreach properly, for example, doesn't matter the industry, uh, you'll always be able to make money. And, and honestly, that's special. So so thanks for all you do, man. And now it is time for creator debates after dark, where Alex and Roberto are gonna stick around for a little bit longer and share their stories and spicy hot takes on the creator economy. These after dark episodes are available exclusively to students of my Brand Deal Wizard program and community. So if you'd like to support what we do here and level up your sponsorship strategy, check out the link below. And finally, if you enjoyed this podcast, there is one simple thing that you can do that is totally free and truly helps us out. Will you tell a friend about creator debates, whether it's sending them a text message with a link to this episode or posting about it somewhere on the internet, the only way that we can reach more creators is with your help spreading the word. So thank you. All right, that's a wrap. Until next time. <laughs>